Hello, everybody, and welcome back. It is good to be back live on Friday mornings with you. Uh, we took uh, a little bit of a live hiatus over the summer. Um, we just had so much phenomenal content coming out of the Realcom live stage at the conference that we said, you know, we can't just let that go uh, unseen. So uh, each week we went through the archives and found great, great um, stories that were being told and interviews and uh, hope you enjoy them over the summer. Well, we actually got a pretty good uptake and engagement. And so um, it was, uh, like I said, the conference was incredible. The content that came out of the conference was incredible. And, uh, and by the way, those are all available, as you know, up on the YouTube channel. So we are back. And um, as you all know, uh, the whole world of real estate technology, prop tech, uh, involves a lot of moving pieces. Uh, it involves hardware, it involves software, it involves data. But at the end of the day, it also uh, is very, very dependent on, uh, on people, uh, the organizational side. And you can have the best systems in the world. And if you don't have people to push the buttons and, and, and look at the data and make decisions, um, you know we're in trouble. So I don't think it's going to be too much of a surprise if you've gone out to dinner in the last few months or if you try to hire a local contractor or if you're in the real estate business and you're doing a project, getting supplies and and workers to the job site has been a challenge. So this week's topic is one that we've actually been talking about for five years plus. Uh, we knew it was going to come. We looked at the data uh, and, uh, and we knew that sooner or later uh, we were going to be front and center with a worker shortage crisis and very specifically in the tech industry and then sub of that, the prop tech industry. So we figured we'd start out uh, our fall um, Realcom Live with uh, a conversation on the people side of this and the worker shortage crisis, uh, figure out how bad it is, um, and, and more importantly, what can we do about it? So we got two great guests. We got Lewis Martin and Veronica Unikrishnan. Uh, Lewis is the business manager uh, for Smart Buildings for Charlton Morris out of Cambridge. Uh, they focus on finding people. Uh, in, in the recruitment process. And Veronica is a partner in SVP of innovation, sales and marketing for 5Q, uh, a technology firm that uh, focuses on prop tech and very specifically um, cyber. So why don't we bring our guests in and, and let's get this conversation started. Hello everybody, how are you? Good. Fantastic, thank you, Jim. So, Lewis, you must be getting ready for the pub because you are in Cambridge, correct? <laughs> well, Cambridgeshire, but yeah, not not too far away now. <laughs> right, you're you're at end of day, correct? Yes, correct. And Veronica, you're coming to us from Dallas, so you're halfway through the game, right? Absolutely, well, ready for the weekend. I, I want to thank both of you for coming on uh, this week's episode and and to talk about. Sometimes people might consider a boring topic, right? It's it's not a shiny new object. It's it's not you know flashy uh, as as sometimes technology can be. It's a, a good old fashioned topic of of workers, uh, you know, the people who push the buttons, read the reports, analyze the data. And uh, let's let's first start out with uh, each of you giving a thirty second intro to yourself, your company, and a little bit of your background just so the, the viewers have context of why you're in on this conversation. Veronica, why don't we start with you? Thank you. Um, so at 5Q, we have very specific skill set that we require to go ahead and service our clients on the prop tech and cybersecurity side. Um, my background is 
on operation and engagement of people. So building a culture where people want to come and work for is a priority for us. Yeah, we're going to be getting into that uh, topic pretty deep here. Uh, in fact, there was an, a study that came out, uh, I just saw a report on yesterday, um, a, a big surveying company uh, came out and said that the thing that nobody caught, CEOs around the world missed, was the work happiness factor. Uh, not not the pay, not the even the job advancement, but are your employees happy with what they're doing? And, you know, it, in the old days, you went to work, right? And, and now things are a little different, right? Right. Lewis, a little bit of your background. Um, so <clears throat> studied marketing at university and uh, I've been with Charles Morris for about six years. Um, I have established and continue to build our real estate and smart buildings uh, practice within the business. Charlton Morris, for anyone that doesn't know, is a global end-to-end -end talent solutions provider. Uh, and we provide bespoke talent solutions and advisory services to smart building tech and real estate tech companies across the globe. So your, your, your perspective on talent is not just isolated in the United States. You're going to be able to offer us a global perspective on this problem. Correct. Yeah. We're, we, we probably do around 5% of our business in the UK. So outside of the UK, we're, we're quite busy. So we got a lot to cover. I'm going to try to go through this quickly because I really do want to cover a lot of the points we've, we've discussed. Um, you know, these days something pops up on Twitter and it's a trend, right? You know, and, and then we all go digging into Google to see if it's real or not. Um, this worker shortage thing has been going on for five, seven plus years. It seems to be peaking, not that it's going to go down anytime soon, but it, it's kind of in uh, the, the highlight of everybody's conversation. So my first question to both of you, is it real? 100%. 100%. Veronica, do you see it in your daily activities? We do. Absolutely. There's a big push of technology and pandemic and everything else accelerated. But with that acceleration, it accelerates also the skill set that you require. Therefore, now we have a shortage. We have so, more than what we have. So tech is getting more sophisticated and yet less and less people to uh, to do it. Ian, if you wouldn't mind, bring up that first image from those articles that we scanned. Uh, the one that, I mean, all you got to do is go to Google and do a quick search and your, you know, U.S. Uh, tech shortage, U.S. labor shortage. Um, that first uh, sentence just just knocked me off my my seat. Thirty seven point four million people are expected to quit in twenty twenty two. Okay, um, all right, Ian, you can drop it. Let's let's just talk about that. I mean, we've talked about you know the great resignation. Now the new thing in the last month or so has been quiet quitting, where people stay employed, collect the paycheck. Um, we've got people working two three jobs, full time jobs, juggling all that. So. You know, what is the root cause, in your opinion, not just of tech, but all this labor shortage from you know fast food restaurants up to, you know, aerospace engineers? What is the root cause of this labor shortage? Lewis, you talk to a lot of folks. So what are you hearing? Um, well, I think there's a, a couple of factors. Um, the, the recession will, pardon me, even before that, the pandemic has played an impact. Um, it's change a lot of individuals' lives, what they want to do, how they want to work, uh, where they want to work. Um, and a lot of individuals are wanting to have more flexibility in where they work and how they work. And um, I would say the real estate industry and real estate tech 
uh, can be quite slow in terms of adopting these kind of new trends. Um, another factor um, can be the fact that when you are talking about the real estate industry um, from the outside, it, it doesn't market itself as the most attractive industry to bring new talent into it. Um, and having been within the space for now six years, that's a con constant theme that we're seeing that we're not bringing enough talented individuals through the ranks or even upskilling or retraining individuals to work in different parts of the real estate space. Right. So going back just for a second on the, on the root cause though, of in general, why we're having this shortage, I've heard, uh, younger workforce has got different career goals and objectives, the work from home battle between employee and employer, um, aging out, uh, boomers retiring. Um, those are some of the things that, that I've heard are contributing. Is there anything that I've missed? I mean, as to why some people, you know, in general, just don't want to work. There, there is also one more thing. It's the connection with purpose because now purpose has become a priority on what you're doing and what you are investing your time every day. So if you are working in an environment or in a challenge that connects with what you want to achieve in life, right. then that makes it interesting and you want to stay. Right. But if no longer, then you start thinking, what do I really want to do? And that is what is leading you to other opportunities. And, and I get that. I totally get that. But, but if you've got industries that have been in play for 30 years, right, you know, tech, real estate, finance, that have a certain cadence to how they get employees and what they demand. I mean, ask anybody on Wall Street, young kids out of college, they're working 18 hour days, right? I mean, that's been at least that's been in my, my world since I started. That's changing. Okay. And so between the acceleration, that, the fact that it was already changing, then the pandemic, it just gave everybody this work from home experiment and, and people are pushing back. Right. And, and so, and, and here's another thing I hear conflicting stories. I'll hear the story, you know, Silicon Valley company work from anywhere, real estate company in New York, gotta be in the office. Right. So let's, let's, let's go back to what Lewis had brought up, but let's now let's go a little deeper. Let's not talk about real estate tech yet. Let's talk about the real estate industry. We're pretty conservative, correct? I mean, yeah, and, and parochial, conservative. Um, Lewis, what expand upon your your point earlier about you know we're a little slower to adopt to maybe some emerging trends. What do you mean by that? Well, when you think about the the real estate space, it, well, if you if you look at it from a technology standpoint, I specifically don't work with real estate technology. I'm on the talent side, but I'm always speaking with clients and candidates who are either um, on the uh, adoption of the technology or selling the technology um, and clients, big corporate or commercial real estate clients are very slow to adopt the technology, which means that when you look at innovation, um, as well as also different types of investment going into the space, it can be quite slow moving for the industry. So when you look at other sub-industries sub or the bigger tech space, it's far more appealing for individuals who are going through university to look at bigger tech companies um, who perhaps have a better advertising or marketing campaign as opposed to the real estate industry, which um, I've got to be honest, doesn't necessarily put its best foot forward as being 
a great industry to work in, which we know, having spent some time into it, you both have spent more time than myself, but it's a fascinating and really interesting industry yeah. to work in. Yeah. Veronica, you're nodding your head. What do you, what do you agree <laughs> about? It, it's absolutely true. Um, the technology that it's in the buildings is fascinating, but we don't talk enough about that to engage and to really go and appeal to the younger generations and tell them it's exciting to come and come and, and work in our industry, right? right? So, um, yeah, that's that's part of the gap that we're finding. So, um, I'm sorry, go ahead, Louis. Sorry, just to add, um, with buildings contributing to 40% CO2 emissions globally, that has to be a major selling tool for the industry, for individuals who have a really big passion when it comes to sustainability. They can have a massive impact in this industry by driving that number down. Um, and we are seeing certain companies or certain marketing campaigns really showcase that. Um, but I do believe that we could be doing more. Well, it's, let's start you know, with the first part of our conversation. There is a shortage. It's every industry, specifically in tech, a little even more extreme in cyber, which is disconcerting. Then you've got an industry that if there's you know, somebody coming out of a tech school and they're looking at their job prospects, we're competing with tech, we're competing with finance, we're competing with legal, insurance, every you know, entertainment. Um, Veronica, I asked you the question, it's kind of my go-to question. How many resumes does it take to get a candidate these days? Can you give us your answer? About a hundred. Yeah. Select one. That's, that's what we've found. We, we've been looking for some folks for the last three, four months. And, you know, when you get into the crosshairs of prop tech, you're not going to check all your boxes because it's still a unique emerging field. But that's our number. Now, Lewis, you see, you talk to a lot of people. Is the hundred to get one? Is that accurate, or are you a little bit better in your in your forecasting or in your um, ability to, to bring in good candidates? Well, I think for individuals or organizations, that's I would say that's a pretty accurate number. Uh, when you look at job advertisements or job descriptions on LinkedIn, you're seeing 200, 300, 400 people apply. Um, I would say ninety nine percent of those are irrelevant. Um, job advertisements that, that can be quite a reactive approach um, and whether it's working with an external partner such as Charlton Morris or uh, investing in a talent acquisition team uh, by taking a proactive approach which hopefully we can get into later on yep. you're oh, able to drive yeah. that number down um, and it becomes far more successful when it when you do attract better yeah, we're going we're gonna to talk about the solutions after the break, mm -hmm. but I got one more question kind of pivoting off of what you just said. Um, quiet quitting, I'm not really happy with my job, don't know my purpose. Are some of these people fishing, when you get the 100 resumes, they're fishing for better jobs but don't have the skills? Is that accurate? Yes, they, yeah. they, they are. Yeah, I'm sorry, Lewis. In, in my case, what we're seeing is that there's people that they're trying to transfer the skill set not necessarily with background that we're looking for, but that's an opportunity, right? How can we help them get into a new role? Yep. I, I think that's a positive way to look at it, Veronica. Um, the the um, pessimistic side of me is that um, individuals we're seeing, when I first started in the industry, you'd see maybe one or two job changes in 10 years. Now we're seeing 
five, six in 10 years. Um, and that contributes to perhaps looking for a financial incentive, which when you look at the root cause, that's probably what Veronica mentioned, which is that they're not working for an organization which is within their passion. So working for a mission purpose business. Yep. The, the last point I'll make before the break is the only problem with, you know, we've identified a root cause. We're seeing people with less skills trying to, to grab jobs that are higher paying. The problem is, and we're going to talk about remedies after the break, but, um, you know, math skills that are required for some of these high level engineering skills, they, 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 be, they start in first grade. Okay. Anybody who's raised kids know, you know, that you try to keep those math scores high through junior high, through high school, into college. Uh, and, and so if you've got these very technical skill requirements and then people don't have the fundamentals, I don't know how you pick up. We're going to talk about that in a, in a minute. So let's take a brief break. We'll come back and we're going to talk about solutions um, after the break and then shed some light on some things we can do. All right. Um, okay. So now before we start the conversation, Ian, if you wouldn't mind bringing up that second asset, uh, I got some good news, I think. <laughs> um, all right. So this is literally was out yesterday. Microsoft builds fast track to six figure cybersecurity jobs at more than 180 colleges. Uh, Microsoft recognizes there's a problem as we all do and says, we're going to try to solve this problem in an orchestrated, you know, organized way. And, and we'll talk a little bit more in detail. So, Veronica, in your opinion, you know, the one who has to look through those hundred resumes or your team does, and Lewis, you know, seeing thousands of, of resumes, um, what are some short-term things we can all do, realizing the, how difficult the scenario is, what can we do short-term to try to fill some of these holes that we see you know, popping up in our industry? Lewis, why don't we start with you? Um, so we discussed this at, at Realcom. Um, I think first and foremost, um, organizations need to look at how they're actually attracting talent. Um, I mentioned before the break, uh, a lot of organizations are still using quite a reactive model, which would be to put a job description up on a website or a job board and wait for the candidates to come to you. Um, unfortunately, especially because of the pandemic, um, that shift has changed. Um, and now we need to take a more proactive approach in terms of how we're actually focusing on attracting talent. Um, so organizations really need to improve on animals to invest on their employer branding. Uh, we see a lot of organizations because we work with quite a few tech companies, both on the OT or IT side. When you look at their technology on their websites, it's, it's amazing. It, it, it showcases what they're all about. Where they often miss is within their careers page, which doesn't really paint the full picture for candidates to put them as a viable option for their next career move. So whether it's myself or another organization, you, you want to be, or even internally, you want to be really focusing on how you're attracting, engaging, and also acquiring talent. And then the latter part of that in sort of a, a cyclical model is on the retention side. Um, so we can focus on new ways, new ways to incentivize individuals, uh, look at how your hybrid or, or workspace is being utilized. An, an example Charlton Morris used is that we've now adopted a four-day working week, um, same pay, um, but we just work one day less um, and ask individuals to really be efficient during those four days, um, and it's no extra hours. 
So there's so many different ways that we can really look to, to move the needle back into Veronica's, Veronica's favor um, and other companies' favor when it comes to attracting talent in the short term. You, you, one of the earlier statements, though, we were talking about um, the turnover. You know, people would hold a job, you know, one or two jobs in a 10-year period. Now it's four or five. Companies have to spend a lot of time, energy, and money to train folks to understand their organizations. In some case could be made that for the first 12 months, that employee is not as productive as they could or should be. A lot of time is going into training them. And then if they end up leaving after 18 or 24 months, it almost becomes impossible for an organization to stay productive if they're constantly going through this hiring churn. Veronica, how do you fight that? So number one, we need to understand really the people that are coming in into our organization, what matters to them. And we really need to adapt towards what they're looking for to give them those challenges and those opportunities. So they feel like they want to come and work every day, because right. if we don't listen to that, then that that's where we go wrong, right? We're not providing those opportunities. And then just to what Lewis said, the training program that you are creating in your organization is so important because you can initiate somebody from the start and getting to understand what your industry and your company is, but you have to think about providing them a program kind of like you're training an athlete, right? It is not only now about your guide as to where you're going in progression in your professional development is what other skill sets can you gain with providing them other, other types of opportunities, putting them in a different project that they will gain a different skill. So they they see the value. Right. While they see the value, they want to stay. Yeah, I, I'm just like a, an efficiency person. I always like to look at a process and look at the 10 steps and see how I can get it to three. But in an organization where things are changing, technology is changing, the time and effort it takes to integrate somebody, not just into the culture of the company, but into the technical and procedural aspects of the culture. And then the risk of turnover at 12, 18, 24 months, um, that's difficult. That, that, that will definitely hurt productivity. So um, again, another part of this very complex puzzle, and, and I think both of your points are well taken. Um, the, the final question I wanna ask you is, is long-term. Uh, you know, Lewis, we'll start back with you. You know, given that it takes 10, 12 years of you know, primary and high school education and four years of college to develop strong math and science skills to you know, go into some cases graduate degrees, um, it, it takes time to fix some of these big problems. So short term, you know, we've given some suggestions. What about long term? What can we do starting today that we may not see the results for a few years, but what are the big things that have to happen? Uh, well, I, I think, first of all, you, you hit the nail on the head, which is this is not going to change overnight um, and maybe not even in the first year or second year. Um, but to, to really drive individuals moving into the commercial real estate or, or the holistic real estate, real estate tech space, companies, affiliations, organizations need to invest in different campaigns and really showcase what either that organization is, is like and why they would want to work for that organization or, or more holistically speaking, 
why the commercial real estate space is such a great place to be in, uh, what careers it offers. Um, you see in the, the, the bigger tech space, how well that they do it. And we're not necessarily mirroring how well they're doing it. So it starts at the, even the K through 12 or uh, higher ed uh, universities, bringing sustainability and also real estate into their degrees. If it's, for example, mechanical engineering, computer science, whatever it may be, and really driving home the impact that their degree or the commercial real estate space could have in this area. Yep. We, we've been trying for years at a number of major universities to get a, a building tech, prop tech, IoT, building IoT tech program. And we've been unsuccessful, frankly. Okay. And so, Veronica, why don't you talk a little bit about the idea we were talking about earlier about uh, you know, starting something within our, our community, our, in our industry to deal with this. Thank you, Jim. So just as we started the REC, and it was due to the community coming in together and saying, there's a need here and together we can come and solve for it. This is another opportunity for us. So why don't we, as a community in Realcom, come together and create a consortium that it's related to focusing on preparing people Ready. for our organizations? Yep. Why can't we build something together that has curriculum, that it has some training material that we can bring from other perspectives of people that are contributing in different ways in a collective manner and prepare our people for our needs? So, so again, yeah, so trying to think through the whole process efficiently, um, take the core intellectual property of the industry. Mm -hmm. come up with the curriculum, then I think, as we mentioned earlier, partner with somebody like a Microsoft who's got a cyber program. And P.S., this is not just about cyber. This is about all technologies related to the built environment. But you, you come up with a program and then you piggyback on maybe something a big company like Microsoft has done, but then you fine tune it for the real estate industry and you take it to a couple hundred you know, uh, community colleges to start with. Uh, as a new program, it's a big lift. I got to warn you, it is a big <laughs> lift. But something's got to be done. So. It has to be. And, yeah. and you know what? We see the need. We want to help. And what better way to support our own community for the benefit of all? Yep. So we're out of time. 15 seconds. Veronica, final words? Take action. Do something about it. Participate. Participate. Lewis. Don't rest on your laurels. Make the change. Yep. Yeah, a lot of challenges, um, but I think it's now time for people to have to step up and uh, and take those challenges on. You have done a wonderful job with this topic. Thank you for being our first guest back uh, during our summer reruns, if you will. <laughs> um, this will uh, jumpstart us for the fall every Friday. We're going to bring on great guests like yourself and topics. And uh, again, thank you so much, Lewis. Just about time for you to head to the pub. It's late in, in the UK. And Veronica, we still have some work to do. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Thanks, have Jim. A great, have a great day and thank you again. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right. With that, um, Howard is out today. So he's got a great stand-in. Nancy Stone's going to come on and give us a little bit of the news and tell us what is going on. There she is. Hey, Nancy. Hey, good morning. 
nice. After bright you said that last remark, it made me think we're kind of like a Jimmy Kimmel show. You know, he was out for the summer. We were out for the summer and now we're back. No, we didn't go out for the summer. We, it, it, we just needed to make sure all that great content got. So every time we were deciding yeah. on which episodes, it was a challenge because it was so much good content. It's like, why would yeah. you let that go to waste? Why would you let that oh, absolutely. go to waste? So tell us what's right. going on in the world of real estate tech this week. And uh, I'll be back when you're done. I will. Thank you. And thanks to Lewis and Veronica for a great discussion. It was nice having you guys on this week. Here's a recap of a few of the articles from our weekly news briefing, which is published every Thursday morning. Our lead story is an announcement that prop tech firm VTS has raised $125 million in a new funding round led by real estate services giant CBRE, who has contributed $100 million to the round. This increases VTS valuation to a whopping $1.7 billion. The move comes at a time when overall investment in tech firms and other startups is down. CBRE is betting on VTS, which allows landlords and tenants to gauge office occupancy trends, a critical task at a time when employers are trying to attract or mandate workers back to the office. With its latest funding, VTS plans to expand into untapped countries and increase its offerings for property types outside of offices, including retail, residential, and industrial. Launched in 2012, VTS reports more than 100 million in annual revenue from its online tools used primarily by office landlords to manage leases and tenant data. In 2019, the company reached unicorn status hitting a $1 billion valuation that continues to grow. The next article comes from our tech partner, Yardi, on real estate investment management. Chris Barbier tells us that with market space becoming increasingly competitive and investors and regulators demanding accountability and data accessibility, it's time to stop relying on antiquated spreadsheets and documents sent by email and snail mail. The need for higher capability investment management technology is driven by investors broadening interest in the operational aspects of their real estate investments. They want to go beyond financial performance and understand a property's day-to-day -day operational elements like rental income, leasing activity, marketing, and capital improvements, and how their assets will be enhanced in value and income generation. In other words, investors realizing that property operations impact cash flow and ultimately give rise to distributions and higher asset value want not only the numbers, but also what is driving them. Check out the article to learn more about state-of-the-art, cloud-based and fully integrated software platforms that can enhance the quality, accuracy and transparency of investment analysis and reporting. And lastly, this week, we're introducing a new element to our weekly briefing, the Smart Building Best Practice Showcase Project Spotlight. Each year at the annual RealCom IBCon conference, we present the Smart Building Showcase, where we feature state-of-the-art implementations of smart buildings, corporate campuses, districts, and portfolios. These projects demonstrate leading edge technologies and vision for intelligent and adaptive design that is transforming the next generation of IT-enabled real estate. Each week going forward, we'll be including a unique project from the hundreds that we've showcased over the years. This week, we're featuring LinkedIn's new European headquarters, One Wilton Park, a fully integrated and connected workspace designed for technology-driven growth. You can read these and other articles in our weekly briefing by stopping by, by visiting our website and clicking on the news link at the top. And that's it for today's news.
Awesome job. Great covering for Howard better be uh, worried that somebody's chasing after his job on uh, oh, no, no. <laughs> um, you know, I'm excited. And we've been talking about this for years, talking about getting content that we create and by some of the smartest people in the world. I am so excited about that smart building showcase being added yes. to the weekly news brief. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have what a hundred projects from around the world that we've come in contact More than, yes, over, over the last the years. 10 years. We've, we've been doing it for 10 years. Yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. the first time we'll be publishing some of this info. Yep. And so now folks who are interested very specifically in the smart building, like you said, portfolio uh, aspect of this, ha have a place to look uh, and, and look at specifically a project, which is pretty exciting. So yeah. great job to you yeah. and the team. It takes a lot. Thanks to for having that. me. Thanks have to a great pull weekend. All, pull all that stuff together and really appreciate it. So, all right. With that, um, let's hear from our final sponsor. And then I'm going to tell you a little bit about next week's show. All right. So um, next week, special guest, uh, not just a, a peer, a business peer or an associate, but I'd call him a friend. Uh, Clayton Ulrich, senior level exec at the Heinz Corporation uh, or Heinz Real Estate, I should say, 47 years at Heinz. You know, and you would say somebody there that long, not that tech savvy and, and maybe, you know, not really keeping up with, you know, their their nieces or their nephews, their grandchildren or their kids. But I got to tell you, Clayton has demonstrated um, just a tenacity for learning. And I believe it was him and, and Jesse Creo and other folks at, at Heinz um, over the years who, who brought in various people in, into the RealComp community that were just hungry for knowledge. So we're going to get to hear from Clayton, who was our this year's Lifetime Achievement Award. We've given now 24 now, uh, 25 next year. And Clayton's going to exp uh, explain a little bit about his journey uh, from, I think he was an engineer in the building, all the way up to senior exec in charge of operations, uh, as well as how he integrated technology into that conversation. So you don't want to miss this one. This is a lifetime of wisdom uh, that the guy has seen more than most will in any career. And I think uh, his guidance is, is going to be helpful and his wisdom uh, much needed. So with that, thank you very much. Look forward to seeing you next Friday on Realcom Live. And you have a great day, great weekend, and we will see you next week. Be well.